0: to another Girls on Games podcast. My name is Leah, I'm the host of this show. This is episode number 373, and it's time to review God of War, Ragnarok. Joelle's got all the insider info, Woo-hoo! All right, before we get into that, I wanna introduce you to the friendly voices around this digital table. Katherine, how you doing?
1: I'm good, yourself? I'm excellent, what's up, Joelle? Hello, hello. I am, I am great. I'm so great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good reason. All right, let's get through some housekeeping before the crew check in and remind you that if you enjoy this show, you can subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. If you'd like to get some GOG merch, you can do that by going to designbyhumans.com com slash shop slash girls on games. If you'd like to give us a tip, maybe buy us a coffee. You can do that by going to our Kofi. That's K O-Fi.com slash girls on games. Or maybe you'd like to uh you know leave us a voice memo. Shout out something at us. You can do that by using Talkback and the iHeartRadio app. Go to the girls on games page for the podcast. Hit that little microphone record us a little uh a little word and uh, you might be featured on the show all right it's been an interesting fun week we're past halloween well technically as we record this halloween hasn't happened yet but as it releases it has um and uh yeah catherine have you done anything fun and festive or have plans for fun and festive things halloween related
2: um we did our halloween at work on thursday uh, because on my project, Thursday's our social day, and we always have, like, a uh, happy hour. Mm-hmm. As in happy hour, they had, there's, like, chips and soft drinks in the pub, and we hang out for an hour. Uh, it's the day, also, that there's the most people in the office. So uh, we did our Halloween celebration on uh, that Thursday. It was a big day, because we released, uh, in For Honor, they released the Halloween game mode. Halloween's always a big event in game, and it's... A very good exotic game mode and it's like some of our best content goes out that day so they grab the spider lady boss they pr- did a printout they cut out little holes and like in our little pub area in our sink area they you could take photos like you know you put your your fo- uh, your head through a board
1: oh my gosh oh, yes oh, it was a
2: <laughs> scary monster <laughs> from our game mode but also, um, as I preface this, that we had a Halloween day on Thursday. Halloween's on Monday, right? Like, a whole, like, four yeah. days later. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And the studio itself is doing everything on Monday. So on Thursday, we were the only dorks walking around in costume. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a costume contest. And, like, I work with some cosplayers. But, mm. like, capital C
0: cosplayers. Oh, yeah?
2: Yeah. Um the girl who won is Vanessa, and she's, like, in charge of the animation team. Yeah. She was in oh. full-blown mystique from the <gasps> 80s. Blue? Oh. Like, the full thing? She had, like, her her body was a blue bodysuit, but she yeah. had, her whole face was blue. She had the long red hair. She oh. made her own, like, belt. It was amazing. Mm. Uh, my colleague, uh, Peo, he was in a Final Fantasy character, which I don't no, because it's from either from the online game or one of that I didn't play, but like, it was gorgeous. Uh, everybody else was either super cute, also, um, but yeah, no, people like took this shit seriously, um, and we were the only people <laughs> dressed up in all of Ubisoft on Thursday. Um, and then Monday, I'm thinking people are just going to use the photos that they took. Oh Thursday yeah, uh-huh. to enter like the studio. <laughs> costume contest um but yeah no it was uh it was good I just wore my like I just wear my cat onesie I'm a bit I'm not into Halloween as much I'm also not into like buying costumes that I wear once for mm-hmm. no reason or renting so I just wear the cat costume and it's a joke it's like cat dressed as a cat there you
0: go um it's catception. yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> You should have You should have got a step further and, like, you know, made yourself a little uh, herb garden to, like, lay in. Oh, just to do, like, to like my cat. Be, That's right. Dream? That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> next I have, year's yeah.
1: costume. There
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have done it and put, like, you, should, you have that picture now from this year that you posted on Twitter yes. earlier. And then you could, like, fake that with a box and you lie yes. in it and then post that, like, next year. <laughs> I was like so I decided to dress <laughs> up as my
2: cat mm-hmm. And like my cat Kigurumi is a silver tabby
1: and my yes! cat is a silver tabby there so... you go yeah just <laughs> um, pin little bits of greetery to you. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh but my God. I remember
2: like way back when when we did this podcast live um, and we did it on Twitch we did a Halloween night one night and I wore the thing and I made and I had a makeup like a cat makeup Aww. yeah for the stream. Um, I didn't do the full makeup because I'm lazy but also like at around 2 pm um once like we had the cutoff for the costume contest or like it's just like and also the sun was shining into uh where I sit I took off the kigurumi because I was boiling i uh, imagine' I was really warm but yeah that was uh that was our, my little Halloween thing uh well, tomorrow is Halloween I'm working from home i don't really plan on taking part in the fest the back alley festivities. I'm probably just gonna close my my blinds and be like
0: <sighs> and just play video games. In true cat fashion. Mm-hmm. It's going full circle here today. Listen, <laughs>
2: I really am a cat. I like I like maybe five people, and everybody else can fuck off.
0: Yep, there it is. Yep. Oh, my God. How about you, Joelle? Did you do
1: anything fun this week or got any Halloween plans for tomorrow? Or uh, Tomorrow I am going um, up to my previous landlords. Um, I was living with them for nine years, actually. So I spent a very long time with them. And they live in a, a wonderful uh, neighborhood where they will get around 125 kids at their door. Nice. So it is so fun to go and to... Uh, the little kids in costumes are just the the best Halloween candy I I could ever have like not to be creepy like I don't want to like eat them but just like experiencing little children (laughs) in like tiny little costumes is just like my favorite they're so cute and some of them are so clever and I don't know what it is but like Little kids dressing up as like old people. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I die. I die. It's just like, this is so funny because like little Gandalfs running around. Like, to me, I'm just, I'm, I, 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 I'm dead. So that'll be a fun time to go up there and to, uh, do another tradition of like handing out all of the candy to all of the trick or treaters. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that'll be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, <sighs> Like I
0: mentioned last week, Mike and I already ate all our Halloween candy we had bought. So I said, Mike, we can't stay home. So we got to turn off our lights. Um, So I haven't decided yet if we're going to see if we can sneak down to my sister's house because she's actually on a street in a house in Mississauga. So there's like actually people, kids who go up, blah, can't even talk, kids who go by. Um, Or... Mike and I might go watch Black Adam. <laughs> oh, amazing. That's <laughs> a good be plan, fun. too. Mm-hmm. This week has been a lot of video games, and I think it probably has been for you ladies as well. Uh, Catherine, still going strong at uh, Dragon Age Origins? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? I-, I thought I was almost done
2: with the the Mage Tower. Yep. Uh but some motherfucker just like whipped me in the fade and now I can turn into a mouse. <gasps> oh just Dragon Age things. Uh yeah. <laughs> the the thing though that is slowing my progress is I'm gaming like it's a new game. But oh it's an old game. And mm. when you die, you have to load a save.
0: Oh see so slow. And it's
2: just like this shit don't auto-save. Mm-hmm. Or like It only auto-saves when you hit Big Story Beat because, like, it's a game from 2009. It freezes when it saves and it shows you a message (laughs) saying don't unplug your console or remove your storage device. (laughs) And I'm sitting here with, like, an Xbox Series X that has, like, an SSD of, like, 200 and some gigs and I'm like, we're good, video game. You can just go. (laughs) Just please go. Um, So, like, I had to, like, so today i had a lot of progress i fucking walk into a piece like a, there was fire on the ground and i didn't see it and it insta kill me and i lost 10 minutes of progress and i just
0: turned off the game and i was like i gotta i gotta remember to save <laughs> <laughs> you learned a painful lesson that we mm-hmm. knew oh too well back 10 years ago
2: like seriously how did we live
0: I, I don't know. You, I don't, I don't know. know how we lived before... No. Um, what, is, what is it? The quick resume? Holy yep, crap. Quick resume is like... Anytime now that I have to wait for something, like in Sparks of Hope, one of the banes of my existence is how long it takes to load in between like everything, like even menus, which Aww. is slow. And then I'm playing Persona and I'm like, oh, wait, no, I want to jump out and watch this. Oh, no, I want to go to YouTube over here. Oh, wait, let's go back into Persona. Go in instantly back exactly where I was. Like I didn't even do anything else. It's insane. Insane. So I can only imagine yeah. the pain you're feeling as you sit there being like, Come on, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
2: gotta, I gotta shout out my my work again. Um, because like we with the latest patch, we launched uh the last bit of crossplay for For Honor. Oh yeah. which includes like friend invites and group invites. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we did on Friday, it was our um. Every two weeks, we play the game, and we didn't have like new stuff to like try because like, the patch just came out. So we were like, all right, let's just team up like two game devs together. Yeah, And we're going to play the game mode, which is uh, player versus environment, PvE, so groups of four, um, and just like shoot the shit. But when we play the live game now, I can play on my Xbox mm. instead of my shitty PC. Um, and it's amazing. I just sit there with my Xbox, and it's also the account where they gave me a lot of free shit, of game dev free shit um don't go looking for me with the ubisoft emblem saying i'm a game dev i'm not good enough at this game for you guys to single me out
1: <laughs> oh, i was gonna say you were lording it over but i guess uh, no, i'll, t- no, I'll, I'll the roll, I'll roll it, back.
2: Lord it over are the or the fight team the actual like game <laughs> designers that are actually good at this game that can pair um but yeah so we were playing like i was playing with a colleague we were on a team's card just just to do the strategy and it's just like i was just sitting on my couch on my xbox and He just sent, he's playing on PC and we were matching with people that were on PlayStation. And I was just like, this is it. Like all games should be like this. So Mm -hmm. every time I like dig into deeper into Game Pass, Mm -hmm. where it's like just backwards compatibility of the game, it's not like, you know, Mass Effect Legendary Edition that got Mm -hmm. modernized with like auto save and current save and, you know, thinking that you probably have an SSD or a modern console or something. Um, just playing like Dragon Age Origins, like raw dogging an Xbox 360 game <laughs> is as uh is rough. It's rough. Um, mm. I miss a lot of these of these features, and even like when we play For Honor now, because they've put enough in the game to like bring it like crossplay and things like that. Like now, I'm just like, we can't go back. We can't go back <laughs> to <too> having <laughs> Our online uh-uh. multiplayer games where if you're if you're on playstation you can't play with your friends on xbox like we can't go back to this shit Mm -hmm. well mike
0: yeah today like woke up and i was like you anything in particular you want to do today because for once it's like a sunday where we don't have something planned and he's like i think i want to play some some games and i was like oh yeah he's like the new call of duty came out i was like yes it did he's like also uh f1 2022 wouldn't mind playing that and i was like yeah sure and then he's like but what console do I play it on? And I'm like, well, where are the people you want to play with? He's like, I don't know. I was like, the these game may have cross play. We'll have to Google it and find out. And then it doesn't matter where you wanna play. So uh so yeah, he's trying to figure out what he wants to do. Um in that sense. Because yeah, like it's seriously like a deliberating decision if you've got both consoles and you're like, I have to spend eighty-nine dollars on a game. I wanna make sure I buy it in the right spot. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Or it's like if you're like myself and you have like a shitty PC, (laughs) you can you can play on on your console and it's just like Modern yeah. games. So that, mm-hmm. that's been my gripe with Dragon Age Origins, the fact that yeah. I have to save. And every time I save, like the game just freezes and be like, yep. wait, we're saving. I'm yep. like, I have an SSD. Just save in the background. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Just do it.
0: Just do it. <laughs> um, Catherine, it reminds me of a new story that I saw pop up um maybe two days ago um, that uh, there's they announced an Assassin's Creed multiplayer game for AC Infinity. And there's going to be devs that worked on For Honor for Honor, working on it. That's pretty cool.
2: It, yeah, it's actually a bunch of people that worked on For Honor that branched off, made a m- multiplayer ex- experience, and Assassin's Creed was like, "Yo, yeah." So, oh, so they announced it. It's public now. Yeah. Oh, wow. so, oh, good, so it good, was. Yeah. Cool. So cool. Let's
0: see. Screen Rant is where I pulled the story because I was trying to remember because mm-hmm. we <laughs> I consume so much video game content through any different which way be it youtube podcasts us talking reading stuff whatever a constant full tilt moment like i'm probably there's not probably not a moment that i'm not consuming video game content and then also too because we hear of stuff early because of inside embargoes and do whatever that i always have to double check myself because i'm like did i either dream that is it real? Is it live? Is it out in the public? <laughs> and oh that happened to God. me when I was I, like this, when you mentioned I, working on Honor, I was like, oh yeah, didn't I see a story about that? <laughs> I had to second
2: guess myself that maybe like I friend NDA'd the story to you where I talked to <laughs> about my colleagues and now I'm like, we're leaking. <laughs> fucking
0: yeah, no. Game. Uh... no no everything's good there so uh insider gaming was the one that screen rant referenced and it said a recent ubisoft earnings report confirms that assassin's green infinity will have a host a brand new multiplayer player title god guys this is not good if i i could barely get through the intro how are we gonna <laughs> do this episode um code name project invictus This standalone multiplayer experience is apparently being created by veterans of the multiplayer historical fighting game series for honor. So yeah, um, interesting. Uh, Invictus is a uh, Latin word essentially meaning unconquerable. So uh, I'm intrigued. (laughs) It's like, uh, I, I hope that
2: they publicize a lot of the story and a lot of the development story. I can't like I'm not gonna of <laughs> I course. love my job. Right. I'm not gonna talk about it. Yeah. But uh yeah, their uh little ragtag team that worked on for Honor had an idea. Um they uh Ubi was like, "Cool, like build it up." And now like Assassin's Creed like we fucking want it. Um mm. so it's nice like it, you you hear a lot of these stories like um you know how a driver game became watchdogs how Assassin's Creed actually stem from the production of Prince of Persia yeah and things like that yeah. so you know it's good like people have ideas sometimes they're brand agnostic um sometimes they're they have a specific brand in mind sometimes they start with a specific brand and like they move somewhere else uh, but I'm really happy for that group um, and I think I think they got a good plan and they got a good a solid game. That they're they're working on, and I really hope um, that they can ship it, because that's I also the reality of game dev right now. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, you it's know, tough. like right now, we've had this conversation before, but studios are like announcing a lot of the projects they're working on, so that it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like they're not working on things, but also mm-hmm. like to help with recruitment of game devs. But the reality also of game dev is like at one point that shit might get canceled, yeah, and not even see the light of day. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for the Invictus crew. They mm-hmm. they they deserve all the love. They know what they're doing. They're like and they're veterans of mm. multiplayer. Like they were on For Honor for years, and I think I'm really hoping that Invictus finds its uh, its audience.
0: Yeah, and. It's not like this is the first time we've seen Assassin's Creed multiplayer. We've seen it in a bunch of different forms over the years. Like everything from and like some of it a co-op. I know. Like Brotherhood had that multiplayer thing. Remember? Yeah. That was like the first thing we did at Shome in studio with Rockman and Jay came We were playing multiplayer Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you would just kind of like sneak around and-, and hit each other. Yeah, attack each other. Yeah. Um, and then also too, there was that was it Unity where someone could jump into your game and play with you and it was like up to four?
2: Yes. Or was that before that? No, I think it was Unity mm. that had like a co-op mode or something like that. Yeah. Um, you also had in Watch Dogs, you could hack into another player's game and kind of yes, fuck their shit re- up. Yes, <laughs> and wreak
0: havoc. I remember that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited because I like what Assassin's Creed as a franchise is doing, it reminds me so much of like, kind of like all these like universes, be the Marvel, be them DC, be them what they're doing now, where they're trying to flesh them out and have like a trail of what we like in the series kind of follow through, but each game kind of do its own thing to kind of like spice up life a bit. So that, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Excited to see what else comes out of it. But yeah, that's what reminded me of that. Uh, before we get into joelle talking about god of war ragnarok um i am officially re-obsessed with persona 5 royal like obsessed obsessed like it's all i can think about again um two things uh following up on kind of what i said last week uh the music slaps in this game and also i forgot how good the voice acting is to the point when, when you hit moments where there isn't voice acting, where they're just kind of giving like little things and there's deep, like bigger text on screen. Cause that happens sometimes I'm like, Oh shit. I wish this was voice acted as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it just throws me off more and more that the lead character doesn't speak. I know why it's very much the link thing. He's you, blah, 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 you know, whatever. But like, I kind of wish it was. And also too, anytime they mention the character's name, like you, cause you can name your character, right? I almost kind of like when you get into the, uh, into, uh, palaces and stuff, when they call you Joker, because it, it feels better in a vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I hate reading it on the screen and then they just omit the name part. Mm-hmm. Like I would have rather they had just given the part, the character of the name yeah. and just been done with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah. uh, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Cat, I know you, you played that game through, so. I Did played- you get the same vibe? I played all the
2: way to the second to last or the last palace. I did not mm. finish it. I stopped at 80 hours and I still had like something like 40 hours to go. And I was like, "Oh, was a I huge can't... game. It is so long, but it is so good. Um, but there is some grinding and there is some repetition. Like um, the stories are the stories really good. Um, the out of school stuff is really fun, but the palace and the mementos, Get repetitive really fast. Like even if you like enter a new palace and it's a new story and it's a new shtick and whatever, you just kind of like grind through a lot of combat and whatnot. So I think if I were to revisit that game, I would a put it on the lowest difficulty ever, um, and possibly follow a guide of to help me figure out like how to deal with like uh, level up my characters, uh, deal with the I forget their
0: names, but like the confidence. Your your poke- oh, the, the comp- personas, the personas themselves.
2: Yeah, yeah, the Pokemons. Um, yeah, Because the there's like a whole system. <laughs> oh yeah, of these Card Captor Sakura Pokemon monsters, um, Yu Gi Oh cards.
0: You, yeah, you where call you kind of
2: like you, you <laughs> capture new ones and then you, you combine them. Yeah, and you, you make merge stronger them. ones. Mm. Yeah, and then you use them in combat, and it's like just that is so complex that. Um, and I remember like trying to wrap my head around it. But at the same time, you're like on a specific time crunch, you know, like that thing follows a calendar and it's like, you know, you got to think about your schoolwork and get to school and after school, do your homework, but also like do get palaces done and get mementos done. And it's like, it's such like a schedule that I think because of like my work life, I would be, I can't like, I can't have like that kind of like time planning in a video game.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> well- not game management. It's just life management times two
0: Well, I think I've kind of got it down to rhythm now because obviously played it through partially before watched lots of YouTube videos, pro tips, all that kind of stuff. And also, too, they have made some some changes that make it easier, Um, especially like the stuff like do you remember the baton pass that you would Mm -hmm. have to like level up one of the confidants in order to get so that you could like chain commands together to get more power? Yeah. You get that like right away. Oh, <laughs> so God. once and, yeah. and also too, like, I don't know, maybe I wasn't using some of the buttons or whatever, but like I'm learning now that like, I always thought I had to memorize like which persona was weak to water, which go- uh, spirit or whatever they were, the ghosts or whatever, what, what they were weak against and what, I, uh, you know, strong against or whatever. And there's a button that you can just go and look. I don't remember if that was there before or not, but now I'm like, why didn't no. I know that before? That wasn't no. there, right? Now I had a bumper bookmarks. You had bookmarks? Okay, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. So like that kind of stuff where I'm just like, now I've got a rhythm and my rhythm also too is get through the palace as fast as I can and then in the rest of the time, level up everything and mementos and whatever else and then get through the palace as fast as i can level up everything and i think that's gonna be my rhythm throughout the rest yeah of it.
2: that's that's what i used to do i would often do the palace in like one or two nights mm-hmm. um and then have the rest of the month to like flirt with people and do mementos and yep. you know things like that um i might revisit that game later
0: i uh, feel too kat that like the changes that they made made the game kind of start faster Okay. Like, yeah, I don't it feel like, slow. well, and there's a lot to learn. Like yeah. there's a significant amount of mechanics that you need to learn to understand this game. And after playing through it already, at least the beginning, well, what, 70 hours or so, I... I have a recollection about most of them. So it's almost like going back to other games where you just like, I remember, but don't completely. So then walking me through the tutorials again makes me learn it even more. So yeah, I, if you get the chance and you feel like it and you just want to like, you know, cause it is, it is kind of that low key kind of game too, where you don't have to be so like quick on the triggers. It's kind of nice to have that kind of like getting back on the bicycle again feel.
2: Yeah, because it's a turn-based combat, like yeah, turn-based I strategy, w- very love like it. Final Fantasy, if mm-hmm. in that in that sense. But uh, yeah, I might revisit it after my uh, Dragon Age marathon,
0: mm-hmm. especially since it's on Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Um- i'm also playing sparks of hope so i'm not gonna lie i didn't pick that as up as much as i did uh persona because you know just obsession uh but then i also realized um a few months ago uh, i told you guys about this game that was in early access that i was playing called settlement survival Mm -hmm. Do you remember that Mm -hmm. yeah it fully on came out on the 24th of october i had no idea i saw it on twitter and i was like yes (laughs) <laughs> so uh i updated that and i started that back up today um there are definitely changes uh that i have noticed they've added stuff there's new uh the ui kind of got a, a little bit of a rejig and it's a very nice um if you enjoy city building games a la banished and you know the sim cities of the world and and city skylines and things like that this is an, an olden timey Survival game where you do city building. So yeah, you like you like that kind of a game. I highly recommend it so far. So uh, yeah, Joelle, on to the fun stuff. Yes. So God mm. of War, Ragnarok. Mm. Please give us a review, your Ooh. review within the way we can phrase it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and I, like I understand that there's you know with. There is great responsibility that comes with early release codes, and I am so grateful to get one. But I also want to give a high level review because I always appreciate that as like a listener of podcasts, as a consumer of gaming content because I want to experience the story as I'm playing the game. like I I try to avoid, uh big story spoilers because that's what's fun about experiencing these large uh plot driven games and so yeah i i I hope to give a really high level uh review of how i'm experiencing the game so uh feel free to listen because i'm gonna try to make this as spoiler free as i as i possibly can um i am i i think i'm about almost halfway through the game and I'm taking my time. I'm savoring, I'm sipping this game as I go through because I love the puzzles that they've just sprinkled out through the game. You know, as you go through, your rewards are earned, and um, they have continued that through this time as well. So when you begin the game, uh, the story picks up uh, three years after the ending of the first game. And Kratos and Atreus are back at home in the wild woods trying to uh, survive a winter, which is the precursor to, uh, Ragnarok. And I can say that if you're a fan of the game, I could see how the tutorial might feel, uh, really similar to the first game. Like you'll, you'll it's like getting back on the bike. You'll say like, okay, I remember all these mechanics. I remember how all this goes. However, they flat out kind of hit you with main story, um, pieces that you'll remember from the previous game So you're thinking, well, what what happened to Freya? Like, what happened to that plot point? Or, like, what happened because we killed Thor's son in the previous game? What happened to that? And they really pick those up really quickly. So it keeps the story moving. So while I felt like, okay, I've been through this tutorial before, because I played uh, the 2018 God of War, they ignite, like, my curiosity through those... Uh, plot points. So I thought that was really, really well done and really skillfully uh, for Santa Monica to to write those uh, plot points in. And I I just fallen in love with this franchise like all over again as I'm playing it. Uh, as I move through, the controls are are perfectly the same. So as I you know put the old game down and playing uh games beforehand i just got done with tales of Arise, as i talked about and those controls are vastly different than any other controls uh, that i played in other games um this one i feel like oh yeah i remember i have to hit this button to throw the axe and this button to recall it and so it it just became really easy and i got in the flow uh pretty quickly and i i love how they incorporated the uh, playstation 5 dual sense Uh, feelings and controls as as you went through Um, they did an excellent job uh, with that Um, I will say too that you get the leviathan axe uh, right away and it feels so good to throw and recall that axe it's the same status you know you you get the same satisfaction that you did before Um, but then you also start with the blades of chaos and there's different animations for the different weapons and so that like bloodlust and <laughs> a little bit of like grotesque violence also kind of hits you right away as uh, you roll through enemies and there's different animations depending on what weapon you're using so it, it is gruesome and gory and and uh, a, a, a lot of fun. Um, the graphics to me are just butter uh, rolling through uh, the different worlds is is so great and they have upped the level of design and uh, foliage that you can experience and the little animals and everything is so well done and so polished uh, I play on performance mode personally uh, because if I uh, went to a higher frame rate right now the game lags quite a bit And I found that that happened the same with Forbidden West, so I have no problem taking it down to to performance mode just to really experience um, a smooth, a smooth ride uh, during the game. And it, it, I will say that the world building is quite clever because you, in the beginning, you do revisit past places but you go through them in a different way than you did the first time. And because three years have passed, the environment has changed and so they have done that. So it's really cool to uh, remember your experience from the first game in a particular area, but it feels different because you're traversing it in a different way Um, and then the 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 world looks different. So I just thought that was really clever because I'm like, okay, I'm getting, you know, nostalgic memories of how I experienced this world before, but I'm experiencing it anew again with a different purpose, with a different story. So I just thought that was like a really clever, uh, tie in to, to playing the game. Um, and like, like overall I I'm hooked um I think it really delivers on all the notes that I wanted and expected you know 2018 was so story driven and really pushed the depths of the character of Kratos which I think was warranted um and then this time you kind of pick up where Kratos left off but we're also diving further into Atreus's story and what it means to be the son of Kratos. And in my experience, I'm kind of picking up on a bit of what it means to experience like generational trauma and what sort of effects that has on a teenager. Uh, Cause when you see Atreus in this game, like my first thought when I saw him, I was like, oh, he's so big. So like, you can see that he grew and his his voice is different and his attitude is different and the way that he is interacting with kratos and the world has definitely matured uh but he's still trying to figure out like who he is and what it means for like his own legacy in light of his father you know who is this huge you know. Uh, person and persona in, in, in God of War. So I, I just think it was is so clever, and it's kept me on the edge of my seat in a way that I wasn't expecting. So I am playing it, and I'm so curious to see what happens. I have a lot of my own theories on what I think could happen, but I'm, I'm really a little stumped at this point. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to, uh, to just keeping on with the ride and, and seeing how how it all plays out. Mm. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I uh,
0: I'm intrigued by the the comment on the puzzles. Um, I didn't play through very much of the first game. Uh, I know Kat, you played through it. Of course, you did, Joelle. Mm-hmm. So, was puzzles big in the first game? To have like situational
1: puzzles? Yeah, I think it was a part of it. Um, I feel like in this game, it kind of doubles down on that after you get through the first, uh, after you leave the first like world. I will say. Um, where all of a sudden I was like, okay, if I really want to, you know, get rewarded by finding a chest, I I have to complete, um, this, this, this puzzle. Uh, and so to me, I, I love it because they're not long puzzles, but it takes a little bit of thinking and there's some mechanics with the puzzles, like with your weapons that, I didn't really feel I needed to do in the first game, so it kind of elevates it in in a creative way in this game. So and you know, I'm so grateful to get early access, but a part of that means I can't look shit up. So there was some, <laughs> <laughs> there, constant
0: problem, <laughs> there, constant problem.
1: Welcome
2: to the
0: reviewer
1: life. Yes. <laughs> there were some spots where I'm like I am stuck. I'm just like, oh no, I am stuck. I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. And I had to, there was one point I had to step away like finish laundry or I did the dishes and I came back and I was like, okay, okay. I think, I think I got it. But, um, it, it feels that much greater to open a chest that you've worked really hard for. So I really, I really like that they have continued on that vein and kind of elevated that. And of course you don't need those chests. You can, you can go through the game and, It's perfectly fine. Um, I will say that the um, accessibility was right up front, which I loved. You know, you start the game and Mm -hmm. you have to obviously set your settings for your television or your monitor. But then it immediately went into like, how do you want to map your buttons? Like, how do you want to have the video? Like, it was a part of the very first few minutes. You didn't have to like stop the game and, and go back in, it was a part of the whole setup, which I really appreciate because. Um, I, I, cause I get so motion sick, you know, during games, I always have to go back in and tailor those and I can just do it right away. And then not have to think about it. Um, and have to like, wait to get dizzy to remember that I have to go back and, and change those. So I thought that was, that was really, really nice, uh, to, mm-hmm. to have that just like, like, I, I hope all games take note of like, yeah, your setup is, is, is noting differences that, that you need to, um, enjoy the game. So, uh and there were some things I turned down just for sheer convenience because I don't want to push a button every single time. I want to pick something up. Like Kratos can just pick things up for me automatically. I don't <laughs> I don't need to do that.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I love the fact that there a lot of games lately have been very um forward with mm-hmm. the control setup and accessibility things um right from the get go. Mm-hmm. Uh because there are certain settings settings that I always go in and turn on yep. because you know scatterbrained mean i forget people's names all the time mm-hmm. so having that in there having the 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 talking going on because oftentimes i have it turned down because i'm playing games while mike is podcasting um so yeah that that is awesome i'm really curious to see what uh what steve has to say uh steve Saylor, yep. when the time comes um mm-hmm. for him to give his accessibility review uh mm-hmm. to see from someone from the other side but like i love the fa- fact that they can add that stuff in all the time ubisoft has been doing it a lot too Um, past little while it's
2: it's the new standard in games it's like you put the accessibility options up front so that yep because if you hide them deep in the menu or past like a tutorial then you're just losing people now the standard across the whole game industry and um there's a whole guide made by xbox also um (laughs) right that that's online and available and now it's just like just have You know, just like how you calibrate your screen and you choose the Mm -hmm. language of your game. You also choose your accessibility option from Mm -hmm. the get-go. And then you launch the game and you make sure, like, if you can, you make Mm -hmm. sure that these accessibility options are always, can be changed on the go, changed on the fly. Yep. Never hide them, like, never prevent somebody from opening a menu while they're playing so that they can always access these and all of that. And I work on a seven-year-old live game and we have none of that and I'm just like, I'll bet you in. I'll try
1: to bet you in. <laughs> the sweet, sweet promises of, yeah. of accessibility. Kat, you got
0: any questions considering uh, you played through this game and are though don't have a PS5 or anxiously waiting to play through this one?
2: Huh. I'm I'm just happy that it's like, it sounds like it kept a lot of the the spirit of Mm-hmm-hmm. the original, well the original, the previous one because I didn't play like the old, old ones. I played the new ones and like one of my favorite mechanics in God of War was just how you would when you would um when you would paddle around the lake mm-hmm. Kratos would tell stories mm-hmm. to interview and then later yep. on when you got that talking head mm-hmm. it mirror, would tell mirror. stories yep yeah and I remember just like sometimes getting to my destination but just like staying <coughs> in the boat so they could yep. finish the story like this is the kind of stuff that hooked me on god of war yeah. and that's what i want to see more in ragnarok the puzzles fine mm-hmm. um the combat system i'll play on easy uh but i i do enjoy like the combat in and god of war and mm-hmm. um but for me it was like really the world building and mm-hmm. uh, the stories and the narrative and just it being a gorgeous game mm-hmm. i i do have some reservation about the fact that you say you're playing in performance mode like Mm -hmm. a lot of games right now are struggling with 4k 30 fps and i'm starting to wonder if it's like a hardware issue or just a multi-platform issue but in in the case of like the playstation like god of war you said both god of war and horizon had issues with like 30 fps
1: in the beginning yeah they they did because i remember there was a patch for forbidden west because some people were like hey yo my game is lagging you know, like when I, when I change, um, from, you know, cinematic to performance. And, uh, so I, I just did the same thing and yeah, I, I a part of me is like, if they're trying to get the game out and like, you know, that's the difference, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to stay in in one and go the other. I honestly, I didn't notice a difference. Like there was a difference in lag, but there's still there's still the reflections off of metal and pawns and like, like Mm -hmm. to me, I I still felt like it was a next gen game. I was still wowed by the color and the resolution and the brightness and the crow's feet of Kratos's eyes. Like there was all (laughs) like, you can tell he's gotten old, (laughs) you know, like he's a, he's an old man. So I, uh, I, I it doesn't bother me it it's not you know uh, a, a, another game shall we speak <laughs> problem of uh, frame rates but um, to, to me'm I'm, I'm not mad like I'm not mad at it and'm I'm, I'm mm-hmm. fine uh, but I will say that they they definitely, I think there's something for everyone. So I'm glad you brought up like the narrative as you're moving throughout the world, because there's technically no loading screens, right? So as you move throughout the world, like that's your loading. But as you move, that's how they uh, unveil plot and that's how they unveil story. And I think that because the former game had such a rich story they're able to build upon that in a really deep way. So I, a part of me loves just traversing and like going back to where I, I, I needed to go because I, I get those plot points and I'm so excited like, like to travel. And um, I, I will admit that in early game you uh, are on the boat and I did paddle in circles around a little bit cause I was just enjoying what was going on. <laughs> So uh, that that's all there, and I think I think elevated to a, a new level. So I I think it's wonderful. It's it's so good. So it's, exciting to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's definitely going to be on my to playlist whenever I get my hands on a PlayStation Five, or it yeah. goes to PC and I have a decent PC that can run it.
1: Yeah, whatever
0: yeah. comes first. At this point, it's anybody's <laughs> guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well. I am really happy that things are, are you know, God of War is coming out the way people are wanting it to, yes. um, and that you're excited about it. Um, but um, as we get into news this week, um, there's a big old caution sign on the internet for anybody who's interested in playing this game. So before we get into that, uh, let's take a little break, ladies, and then let's get into some news.
1: And we're back. Sorry, And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and we're back. And I note
0: hilarity ensues because I go, how am I going to start this as we kick it back off after being like, you know, chatting on the side for like seven minutes. And Joelle just goes, and we're back. And then I say, and we're back at the same time. <laughs> I'm so and we're sorry. Back. <laughs> it's all good. It's fine. And I want to start off the news this week. With a big old red flag warning, beware, and we alluded to this before the break, be careful of being on the internet right now if you are a fan of God of War Ragnarok and want to avoid spoilers, because there is some stuff going down, some leaks have been happening, and you need to be careful out there, okay, everybody? A warning. You may want to block some people talking about God of War and things like that uh, on Twitter and things like that, because... It's it's a minefield out there. Uh, Spoilers are everywhere. Kotaku's got this great story um, up uh, from Luke Plunkett, who wrote it, uh, talking about the developers asking everyone to please be considerate of fans who don't want to see the story early. Um, Essentially, God of War Ragnarok is scheduled to come out on November 9th. And until that point, unless you're like us and have early access and have signed NDAs and, you know, following embargo rules, there's not supposed to be certain information out about the game, not about big story points, all that kind of stuff. But there have been a few different instances where things have occurred for that to happen. In a story last week, there was some minor instances where people reviewing the game had, you know, accidentally shared some screenshots, things like that, you know, stuff happens, but they weren't too bad. They were more like showing how good the game is and the pretty, prettiness of the game more so than showing too much about like what was happening because you know, there's certain things we're allowed to share and what we're not. But the thing that actually occurred, that's a big no, no is that a retail store in the U S accidentally unboxed and started selling the game borderline two weeks early. Wow. No. So people have the physical game in their hands. Mm. All right? Mm. And it's out there. Mm. Director Corey Barlog, who directed the previous game, uh, I, I but he's tweeted, you know, right now, I really understand the benefit of having just an installer on the physical disc. <laughs> and I get it. I get it because... You know, the teams have put so much hard work into it. They want to make sure that everybody can experience this at the same, at the right time. And, you know, these kinds of things getting out, runes are for people. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're just randomly scrolling for Twitter through Twitter trying to mind your business. You just want to know news, see funny memes, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, poof, yep. you're spoiled, and you didn't even want yep. to, to know. Yep. Joelle, I think you mentioned that kind of happened to you the other day. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, I... I was just scrolling through and I saw I saw like something happen that I had already done. And I was like, Mm -hmm. whoa, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't I don't want to see like this because it made me a little uneasy. And then I saw a screenshot of something and I was just like, no. And I like threw my phone away uh, across the room and I was like, ah. And so I've like tried to stop being on Twitter because I I don't I don't especially I just think like it's so early, And I'm like, I -hmm. can't imagine, I can't believe that I'm trying to avoid spoilers so early. But I've, I have, I've stopped uh, going on, on on Twitter and even, even on Instagram, just because I I feel like even some other news have, have picked it up. And I'm like, why stop? Like, just stop. Like, don't, Mm. don't do this. But yeah, Mm. it's, it's too bad.
0: Yeah, even YouTube can be a minefield. Um, The Kotaku article notes that, meanwhile, given how easy it is to stumble upon footage at the moment, some YouTube videos have millions of views already. Developer Santa Monica Studio has issued a statement asking everyone to be considerate of fans who don't want the game to be spoiled, but also more practically for those fans to maybe try and stay off much of the internet for early next week. So yeah, um... You gotta be careful out there. Um any, any pop culture thing where, you know, there's, you gotta, you gotta be considerate and give people the chance to consume it. Cause not everybody's going to jump on it right away. This happens with TV shows, with movies, with, with sports, with, well, sports is kind of like the one thing that you can do live. Um, and, and it's so hard cause people want the chance to enjoy it for themselves and to make their own opinions and, feel that excitement and you're ripping a little bit of that fun away mm-hmm. from them so uh, mm-hmm. be careful out there everybody this is your PSA from the GOG team for this week
1: we care about you we do care <laughs> yeah.
0: Catherine what do you got for us for news this week
1: I mean
2: there's some interesting figures that came out and Sonic's been around for a hot minute um, <laughs> and turns out That throughout the course of the franchise, Sonic the Hedgehog series has sold 1.5 billion copies. Wow. Billion with a B. 1.5. I mean, there's a volume of games, and not all of them were bangers. Um, But, you know, (laughs) you're around for a couple of decades. You make a couple of billions. Wow. Uh, So Sega Sammy Holdings revealed... uh, that the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise has sold 1.5 billion units as of March 2022. So, and uh, that sales milestone includes full game, free-to-play offerings, uh, the whole thing. And mm. uh, other uh, other uh, figures from Sega, um, the Total War franchise has amassed four, 40.4 million units. Uh, football manager... And Chain Chronicles, 25 million. The Persona series, 15.5 million since its 1996 debut. Persona 5 alone, the Persona 5 series, so I think it includes like Strikers and whatnot, has sold 7.22 million copies globally. Wow. And as of (laughs) March 2022, 77% of the Persona 5 sales have been international, which is good because like historically it was definitely more like a niche jrpg and it wasn't such a global and widespread success as persona five uh yeah mm-hmm. and they say it includes persona five dancing in starlight royal scramble phantom strikers um yeah i just thought it was interesting because sometimes like that's the kind of intrusive thought i have i'm sitting around me playing a game and i'm like yo this franchise has been a lot around for so long. i wonder like i wonder how much money they make or how much Things they sell. And like, Mm. Sega Sammy Holdings was like, Bitch, we got you.
1: (laughs) Bet you wondered about Sonic, it's
2: 1.5.
1: Well, and Frontiers isn't too far away. So. No, you're right. Mm -hmm. Very true. Numbers. What I'm curious
0: to know is the dates of this uh, review. Um, if it's May, if it's March, when they were kind of talking about it, because, like, Persona 5 Royal now is out on so many other places now. Xbox, PC, Switch.
2: This is all as of March 2022.
0: Okay, so so imagine now... This does not include
2: the boost by Persona 5 The Royal being on Game Pass and being on other platforms. Mm.
0: Yeah, because we've been clamoring for that for years now. Especially, in like, Persona 5 feels like a game that would work very well in a bite size, like pick it up, kind of pause your console, put it in your backpack as you're working going, you know, like that kind of thing with a switch. And I'm really enjoying playing it on my Xbox series X as well through game pass um, because of things like I mentioned before, quick resume and things like that. So I would imagine these numbers are just going to go up in the persona five side. And then like you mentioned, there's a, there's a Sega game around the corner. So yeah, I, I numbers mean, going and- up.
2: And Sonic hasn't had a, a quote-unquote proper home since Sega stopped making consoles. You know, there's mm-hmm. Se- Sonic games on pretty much all the platforms. They mm-hmm. were they were big on Nintendo for a while, which is kind of wild when you think about it. When you're a 90s kid and the console war was mm-hmm. Sega versus uh, Nintendo, which was basically Sonic versus Mario. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, and I think they're bringing like a lot of like these old school Sonic games to Xbox. Didn't
0: they announce that too? Trying to remember now, we'd have to look that up. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, it's one of those ones. Did I dream it? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> was Sonic it real?
2: Frontier's coming. Yep.
0: Yes,
1: November eighth.
2: But I remember, I forget if it's, it's Sonic. It's Sonic Mania. Mm. Oh, Sonic Mania came. was released like on everything
1: yeah
2: mm. um so i mean these numbers are just gonna keep going up. oh like, yeah i'd be like i kind of want to know i don't know if that information's out there but i'd love for nintendo to like
0: just pump out some stats about their biggest franchise <laughs> they won't though because they don't want anybody to know that's why we don't we rely on nt MPD data but there's a lot of digital info that we don't know
1: yeah Sneaky, sneaky. Mm-hmm. It
2: is. I it, mean, now that they flex this, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it is. It is really cool to see a. For me, you know, as a as a child of uh, a nineteen eighty seven, uh, cool to see Sonic like continue to be beloved, and then now getting a resurgence in, uh, the cinema, uh, and mm-hmm. and, and just continuing mm-hmm. to have like new. You know, new generations love Sonic because um, the, the character, I think, is so creative and uh, the origins of the character, I think, are also really, really hilarious. Um, so it's just been fun to, to see it grow and to evolve. And so it is cool that it's it's capping out at some big numbers. Yep. Joelle, what do you got for us this week? Well, a traumatic event in my life has uh, realized itself in a real video game, and I couldn't believe it <laughs> when I read <laughs> the title of this article. But the beloved furniture mega giant IKEA has asked a horror game to change so people stop comparing it to IKEA. <laughs> and what? I will tell you, I am not an anxious person. Uh normally in my life, you know, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty cool, I'm pretty chill, you know, going into big stores or going into crowds. But man, I tell you what, when the IKEA store was built by the Mall of America and I went down for the first time to check it out, I had a panic attack in that store. And I had to sit in the car because I could not handle that the store. I felt overwhelmed. I felt lost. I was so anxious that I just like started crying and had a meltdown and, and, I, and I had to go. I was in my teens and I had to go wait in the car. So someone also had that experience and decided to make a video game about it. <laughs> the um, Kotaku had this article. Apparently they're delivering really great news lately. Uh, the mm-hmm. game is called The Store Is Closed. It's an unreleased co-op survival game that is in its final week of a successful Kickstarter campaign that's raised just over $49,000 US. And it's created by a single developer going by the studio name Ziggy. And the game describes itself as being set in an infinite furniture store. My eternal nightmare, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So, you can go to the Steam store, and you can look up The Store is Closed, where you can watch a trailer, and you have to craft weapons, build fortifications to survive the night as, like, horrific sales clerks and... Things in the store become alive and try to attack you. And apparently IKEA didn't love this idea because in the trailer, the opening scene is a huge uh, store with a blue exterior with big, bold, yellow letters that says... Steer, which is a playoff on store, but I mean, you look at it, and I don't, I don't know how your mind cannot associate this with IKEA, uh, with the I mean, with the brand.
2: I'm I'm looking at like one of the screenshots where they show like the the building and the crafting UI, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's the same as a magi- <laughs> like a, a catalog, like yep. the way the way the prices are presented with like the yellow box uh-huh. yeah. and the bright red drop shot. Yeah. Like they didn't even try to hide. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like again,
2: you like as soon as like you see the exterior and it's like yeah, that's an IKE. Like even if they remove the exterior, just like the layout of this game, this is this is key the. Uh, perfect ikea nightmare i can understand why ikea is like you're a bit too um, much on the nose Uh, but like (laughs) like try to make it so we can't sue you
1: (laughs) yeah and apparently the game like it's in an alpha build you know they've they've given some of the codes for people to play and they're just like it's it's an ikea survival horror game so uh this this poor uh developer ziggy uh pretty much has to just bow down to ikea's demands uh based on you know giant corporation coming in so it's probably gonna shift uh when it initially releases uh sometime in 2024 um but i don't know i saw that and i had a a part of me felt seen because i was like thank you (laughs) that's true and then i just thought it was really funny uh so if you're if you missed a bit of the spooky season um this was a fun a fun little thing to to look up to get a few laughs at so mm.
0: yeah i feel bad for the guy considering yeah. like it's like other people who are making the association like saying it publicizing that it's a horror game that looks like it takes place in ikea mm-hmm. not that he did it but like obviously nods too. and uh They note in the article that you referenced that there are claims that it has furniture that looks like Ikea furniture but the guy who developed it was just like I just bought generic fur- furniture packs <laughs> that work in the engine they just happen to look like Ikea furniture
2: uh, <laughs> like, that's such a cell phone for Ikea because their shit does look that generic I know. I know.
0: there's an aesthetic it's a very very set aesthetic and you can have it you can have it in really really high end furniture that you're paying big bucks for or the Ikea stuff which is like build it in one house and then you cannot move it because it's just gonna fall apart and moving in so uh so yeah this is really interesting of uh especially since obviously people have been interested in it because yep. they have thrown money at yep. it to, to help support it mm-hmm. so i'm i'm sure there's a way he can tweak some things modify some stuff so that it's not like i'm thinking about like the days of like the old uh sears and stuff that was oh, in the mall yeah. and things yeah, like yeah. that yeah. like yeah. if they used to kind of like more like that aesthetic maybe maybe 80s old, yep. old superstore aesthetic. Yeah. Remember, yep. like, yeah, the Eaton I mean, store and things yeah, like that like back m- in the day. More tile yeah.
1: floors, like less maybe modern. You know, really bad re- overhead yep. fluorescent lights. Exactly. Yeah, but it's <laughs> I it mean, still is is just. I was like, this is terrifying.
2: <laughs> I mean, Overwatch put Tim Hortons in their new Toronto map. Oh, and they didn't yeah, get they- sued.
1: But it's like it's just like this guy's
2: too on the nose. He's not enough brand adjacent.
0: Well, it's and it makes them look bad. It's not a nod to say like it looks like a Tim Hortons because it's saying that's a Canadian thing. This is a like, hey, you can get, you know, like traumatized playing this game in a store that, you know, like everybody goes to.
1: Well, and I just feel like (laughs) I feel like Ikea, I was upset partly after I calmed down from my experience was like, I meant to get lost here. Like, I'm like, I meant to get a little turned around. I I felt, Mm -hmm. I felt this was purposeful. And so I'm just like, well, yeah, they, they mean to entrap me in here so that I have to sit down because I'm tired and then I have to eat here because I'm hungry because I've been entrapped here for six hours. And so a part of me is again, like. On the nose of this game, but maybe also just—it's a personal attack on the IKEA like designers. Mm. It's like, well, you, you've, you've made it so I have to stay here.
2: This is all, like, <laughs> you, you know. We were talking about like user experience in general, like you know, in games and accessibility and whatnot. Yeah, mm. like the the forefather of user experience that we see in digital products is retail store like brick and mortars they still use today in grocery store and that's what IKEA is. IKEA is real life dark patterns <laughs> mm-hmm. where you have no choice but to walk you do the entire floor yes. mm-hmm. which zigzags around. Yes. Yeah. Oh. For you to get to the other side and leave. It's exhausting. This is like you know like going into Ikea to get one thing and come out like on the other side unscathed and in a timely fashion is as easy as canceling your subscription to netflix or your <laughs> yeah. your cell phone your cell phone plan yeah. or going or, into costco
0: and not spending a yeah. hundred bucks or, god
2: forbid cancel your adobe cloud subscription
0: because <laughs> 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 that's
2: just living life on hard mode. Yeah. and i'm but, sorry uh, like ikea maybe you are a bit like you know maybe yeah. you're a bit insulted but he's not. He's wrong. not wrong. Yeah, yeah. I like the problem. <laughs> it's, yeah.
0: it's just t- the whole dark side of it yeah. that IKEA is like not. Nah, uh, uh, I know not in my store. Oh, just, uh, though, yeah.
2: Those meatballs do slap though.
1: <laughs> you can buy them at Costco. <laughs> there you go. Ah, There's and with that... others,
2: real life dark pattern. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. And with that being said, we're closing out this episode <laughs> of the GOG Cast. As always, I invite you to check out the show notes on girlsongames.ca to links to all the stories mentioned in the episode. Catherine, thank you very much for that. Um if you are listening to this podcast and you have the power to rate and review it in the platform that you are listening to it on, please. Please do so. Uh, that would be much appreciated. It does really help with discovery and moving us up in the ranking, so people can find our show. Um, as always, I want to uh, sh- let the crew shout out their social media handles, so you can follow them everywhere online and uh, talk video games and more. Catherine,
2: where can people find you? uh For photos of my dumb cat, because he do be dumb, csdsbiansisdb on Twitter and Instagram. But I'm also hanging out in the Girls on Games Discord
1: joelle where can people find you you can find me most active on instagram at joellelauren lauren 87 as well as on twitter at gamer underscore underscore comfy uh but i always hang out on the girls on games discord it's a good place to be
0: and i am leah jewer on most social media platforms but of course you want to know everything there is to know about girls on games you can track us down at the girls on games on twitter and facebook Just Girls on Games on Instagram. No thought in there. Discord.me slash Girls on Games to continue this lovely convo and more. But of course, if you ever need to know anything at all, you can track it down at our home base. That is our website. Girlsongames.ca. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Joelle. It's been another lovely week in video games. And I'm off to play. Hmm. Debate, debate, debate. Probably Persona 5. See y'all later. Hope you have a good week. Bye. 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 Bye.